This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. <coughs> I'm joking, help. I'm <laughs> melting. <laughs> or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Um, that was a lovely moment then when the producer ran for a bottle of water because I was joking a bit. It's oh, um, so yeah, quite terrifying to hear that down the line. It must have been like listening to one of your Doctor Who radio plays for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you mean the big Finnish audio range? <laughs> yeah, that was... Very fine it is. I recommend it to any Doctor Whoers out there. Um, that I'm worried about the use of that word. didn't come out quite as I anticipated. No. Nevertheless. <laughs> so, um... No, no. I, um... I, I tell you what they've got here, I noticed. I went to make a cup of tea this morning here at... Golden Square. He keeps it uh, so real. Yeah, mm. and um, do you know they've got three matching canary yellow flight cases? You know what I mean by a flight case? A suitcase, but like metal and bang, bang. I love Lovely. a flight case. Yeah. I feel you could put anything in a flight case and, mm. and it's safe. Mm. And I thought, how marvellous to be at the luggage carousel <laughs> and see, even in the dark tunnel, just a glimmer of canary yellow <laughs> and oh, yeah. know that you're on the way. Oh, man, how brilliant. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd say that on air, so any temptation to take one home will be removed. <laughs> yes. I think it's very important to sort of confess before you've done it as a prevention for doing it. That is my... With with your track record now, you might get sent canary yellow flight cases next week. Yeah, I don't think so. It's a lovely idea, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, how commonplace are they? 8, 12, 15. Um, We, um, oh, now, I was watching, um, uh, I, I put the telly on this week and I just got, the end credits of a programme I, de- I did not identify. Oh. But it, at the end, it said something like, um, Marie Elsbeth as herself. And I thought, <laughs> well, don't bother, Marie, if you're not going to be better known than that, to do an as, <laughs> as herself. And I just, I tell you what I thought might be a nice text him for our ever, um, yes. our ever amusing and interesting readers is what's the best as themselves you've ever seen in a film? Well, the best credit, if I can, uh, I mean, this is a, a minor diversion from that, but was one you said on this show, Frank, which is, was it Hawaii Five O? What, Zulu as Kono? Yeah, yeah, it used to say Zulu as Kono at the front of it, and I used to think, well, why bother changing that? (laughs) But to be fair, I imagine a lot of Hawaiians watching it and say, Jack Lord as Steve McGarrett, why bother changing that? It's just... <laughs> just sounds the same, so um, yes, I was I was unenlightened. But it's some at good, uh, yeah. And as himself or herself. Well, my favourite credit, all favourite credits, Voice mm. of the Dragon, John Hurt, I remember oh. from Merlin. Oh, um, was very good. And also, perhaps my all-time favourite, Man in Marquee, Wilfred Hyde White. <laughs> uh, What's that for? <laughs> I can't remember the old black and white movie. Uh, and there was one, a Morecambe and Wise one, which wasn't a real credit. It was in one mm. of their makeup plays, and it was uh, Ship's Cat Basil Brush. <laughs> 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 so, your favourite uh, film or TV credit, if it's an as himself or herself or themselves, I'm then sure that, amongst you get a bonus us we've point. had some. I'm sure I've been spoiled Victorian child or something along <laughs> those lines. Well, I was as himself, I think, in uh, Emmerdale Jack- Farm. You, why did you ask himself in Jack Thorne, one of Jack Thorne's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. That's difficult because I was at... Yes, I was... Yes, I suppose I was myself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I remember having a debate with David Baddiel once about whether Colombo had got um, a glass eye because Peter Falk, who plays Colombo... That was a, that was a, a nice evening, Ian. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Peter Falk had got a glass eye, the actor, but... In the purposes of playing Colombo, does the eye play the part... Does the glass eye play the part of a real eye? 
So you wouldn't mm-hmm. say that Colombo had got a glass eye because the glass eye is playing a real eye in that film. I suppose a glass eye is always playing a real eye. <laughs> OK. <laughs> if you've got a glass eye, God bless you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just talking about the... Uh, the oh, um, my God. Put the, the music act- on. I put the music I'll put the music on. Frank, we've had some great and as themselves, oh, haven't we, Al? Good already. On, on the old textings, over to our correspondent in. Uh, Manchester. I always think everyone's asleep till about halfway through the show. I'm always amazed when we get answers this early. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done, guys. Al, over to you. Four three eight has texted Rizzo the Rat as himself in Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, that does that count? <laughs> Rizzo uh, the oh, Rat. I don't know who is that. Sorry. I don't know, I just thought it was funny. Wasn't, wasn't Risa also the one who sang There are worse things I could do? Yeah. Stockard oh, Channing, lovely. Oh, yeah. That's Paul and Johnny who are flooring in Melton Mowbray. On a Saturday, good lads. Flooring in Melton Mowbray. A I... novel by Beryl Bainbridge. <laughs> I do love it when people text in with their activity. I yeah. like it when it happens accidentally. Mm. I don't like it when it's like a bit capital radio. <laughs> that's the phoning. Something of that's a radio cliche. No, yeah, I think you want a bit more than that, darling. No, I like it yeah. when they just throw it in. Oh, I like it. Oh, I like it. They as... just say Pete, comma painting. Yeah, I like it as a sort of stage direction. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. And also, there's something about flooring in Melton Mowbray, yeah. which has oh. got everything. It's very Alan Bennett. Was it trout fishing in what's the name of that novel? Oh yes. Oh, I know what you mean. Anyway, not the Yemen. No, well, that maybe. was wasn't trout fishing in the that Yemen. Was salmon fishing. No, that was what. Um, <laughs> oh no, trout fishing in Chile was what Jeremy Paxman told me he'd been doing when I met him <laughs> on a plane. <laughs> I thought wow. he's, add, adding, sure? he's adding, adding the seasoning early on, I thought to myself. Roger Daltrey's <laughs> in the uh, the trout chair for me. Oh, man. You know, I asked him uh. about that in my um, sensational oh, Absolute Radio him? interview. What did you say to him? I said I always think of you as the sort of troutmeister guy who had the trout farm. What does he say? He said the thing is with the, with the trout, trout farming is what, they, what happened. And he went into, like, sort of a government policy. <laughs> it was great. It was great. That's what you want from Daltrey, some trout news. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that interview. I asked him what he'd done if he turned up to a gig and it was one of those microphones with just the little bit sticking out the end <laughs> so he couldn't do his swinging. Would he swing it just by that little boxer dog tail that you get on the Did end? Did he go with you? You know what? He was a great bloke. Good man. We've had some other ones, though, haven't we? We had uh, 083... Uh, she calls us. Oh, a... that is good. Yes. Moomins. Yes. Go on, Al. Um, best as themselves, Boy George in the A team. That is a good shout. Wow. Kerry the Black Country Wench, she's calling herself. Oh. All right, <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> Boy George was in the A team. I remember it well. Who knew? Yeah, I hope that, I hope that wasn't just some video that she saw somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Let's not end on that. Say something else, Emily. <laughs> OK, I'm going to end with Anton Deck made an As Themselves appearance in Love Actually. And don't forget, Alfred Hitchcock was serial as himself in Indeed. many of his own films. That's from one of our regulars, Nasha. Whereas, uh, well, was he an As himself though? Or was he just in it? See, Stan Lee was in all the Marvel movies. Yes. That's right. But he wasn't... That's your really, cameo, isn't whether it? Whether or not he was Stan Lee's... Uh, no, because Stanley wouldn't be working as a sort of a hot dog salesman and stuff. So in fact, he was he was playing parts. Mm. Oh, it's very complex. I didn't realise when I asked for this um, <laughs> that it was going to be so complex. <laughs> Paul, could we do this? Are we live? You say? <laughs> on Absolute Radio. Oh, I'll tell you what I did this week. Go on. Uh, the census. Oh, yeah. Actually sat down and filled it in on Sunday. Sort of thing me and Kath would normally put off for like six months and then I'd have a big row with my PA that it hadn't been done. Mm-hmm. Um, but we it did it. It had to be done by Sunday. That was no, your deadline, think, wasn't no, it? No, because no, a man knocked on my door I and t- said, have you done your census? Really? Yes. I said, mind your own beeswax. Did you let him out? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, 
I, no, I think it, it was a very wobbly deadline. I think I think mm. they oh, said really? um, by Sunday, but do your best. Oh. It's one of those right. very very modern approach. And you had to describe your job, not just say what your job was, but you had to describe what was the... Do you remember this bit on the thing? Mm. And I actually found myself writing, making people laugh. You did, <laughs> On the census. You did, Em. I did. And then I thought to myself about the word making in that phrase. Mm. They don't want to. No. Uh, helping people to laugh would have been a nicer thing, but if if you think about it as a job, often there's a good deal of brute force <laughs> required. What about just laughter assistance? Yeah. <laughs> what did nice. you write, Al? For your, can you have you done yours? Uh, I I my wife filled mine. <laughs> I can't remember what she my got wife. for job. Oh, 1972. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she must have been a comedian for your. I mean, it's she just must very, have, very weird. Um, also, I would feel concerned about making people laugh because I think that means that there's the route for people to not pay you if you have a bad gig. Oh, no, we can't, we can't I think have I would put that. in something like attempting. <laughs> no, yeah. I think we're all in on the risk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. We yeah. all have to... You have to put your T's and C's at the, uh, at the bottom. Well, I haven't completed mine. I'm going to be honest. Oh, Ooh. you've gone for the wobbly deadline. I've gone for the wobbly deadline. Thousand quid fine. Is it? Yeah, it's a thousand quid fine. It's not. I don't know if you're do eligible you to, uh, for it. Do you want to rephrase? I haven't done mine. <laughs> I, ha- I, I haven't. Oh, Frank, it's hold in your me out. <laughs> I'm guessing that you had something more important to do than this yeah. uh, legal obligation of which we speak. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call your job, uh, Emily? Oh. Mm, I don't want to put you on the spot. No. I like... Uh, well, you see, a lot of people go for... Because um, it would have been journalist. Writer, performer is what people say. Frank, you don't like radio... You don't like broadcaster. Broadcaster, wrong with I think. Writer slash broadcaster, I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, writer, broadcaster. My father did that. I think that's what dignified. he would have wanted. I think broadcaster... The trouble is there's a lot of broadcasters who... Mm. Um, who don't really say anything interesting or funny. And I don't want to be lumped with them. Yeah. That's that's a good point. I think there should be like, it should say either F or I, or maybe F and I, after broadcaster, (laughs) to say which one you are. And if you're neither, you're not a broadcaster. Because this is the theory that you could just go blah, 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 and that'll make you a broadcaster. And um, I'm sorry, that doesn't wash with me. Okay. I would just like to throw this into the mix, which I thought you'd enjoy. We'll come back to these, but Matthew Fraser has tweeted us, champion the wonder horse. I think the last credit was for the dog with Blazer's Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> they often do that, though. Didn't, didn't, um, what was the hard thing from uh, EastEnders? Well off. Oh, well off. Didn't oh, he? Yeah. He was named something like What's Jeff. The point? Yeah. I don't because there's a reason, there's a textual reason for him being called Wellard, I think. It was a suggestion that, that, that um, Dean Gaffney's character um, sought masculinity mm. at, at knee mm. level. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I can give you an interesting as themselves in oh, the... Yeah. Um, in Ninjago... Lego movie, yeah. Kate Garraway and Ben Shepherd um, are the oh. news readers, but they are in Lego form. But I believe it is their voices. So that is a, I mean, that is a hell of a as themselves, as themselves news open brackets quite a bit. in Lego form. Yeah. yeah, they get quite a lot of as themselves. Um, Three nine three is texted. Dear Frank, Emily, and Alan, I recall the inflatable autopilot at the end of Airplane being credited as Otto as himself. Yes, ne- I remember never that. Never saw him in anything else. No, <laughs> bit of a niche role, I suppose. <laughs> Paul from Northwood. Wasn't he in um, <laughs> Mr. Blobby the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, I think Airplane also stars Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It does. Oh, he's a, is um, he as himself, or is, is he, he acting? Is he basketball? He's man? acting. He's he's, he's more... basketball and Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah. For... Oh, 
Oh, I love a bit of Bruce. Yeah. Uh, Robert too. has tweeted us, man with carrier bag, Bernard Spear from the second Dalek movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they had a lot of as themselves in, uh, in, 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 certainly in Doctor Who since 2005. It's almost like I can't pay them. I think Matt Berry from, not Matt Berry, Matt Baker from uh, The One Show, I think he Oh, was really? In. But a lot of people you wouldn't expect, you know, news news readers and stuff like that, yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, that is correct. And then Nick uh, Peake has pointed out that in Jurassic Park, uh, I think I remember this famously, dinosaur supervisor, Phil Tippett. <laughs> little in-joke there. Why? We had because... some fun. Well, just the idea that you would require a dinosaur oh, supervisor that they were real, like animal Clever. handler. Do you see? Oh, I see. So he wasn't the person who um, pressed the button. The animatronics person, no. The, he wasn't the person operating the mouse. No. Or something <laughs> like that. I'll tell you what I did this week. I um, It's always awkward, this. I was leaving um, mass on Sunday morning. I don't mean mass, the scientific term. I no. mean the the, uh, the the theological concept, and I I out, I outstayed my talk time with the priest. Oh, Sometimes, you know, I I try and keep it very brief. What you, is it like a mobile phone contract? You only get a certain amount of minutes a month. <laughs> yes, it is, and it's quite a strict contract. And what happens is, if you begin maybe the third sentence. Then the uh, the hand goes between the shoulder blades and starts moving you oh. onwards, and it's a hot. I always pride myself in being able to get out of there, but it's like kissing. You don't want to be the one who's left at the end of it. You want to be no. the one who, who has not not who is left. You want to be the one who has left, as it as it were. I see. But um, yeah, so I got the priestly shove. Oh no! Which I, 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 it was, it was in my bones for a couple of hours after the thought of it that I'd stayed. Too what long. were you saying? Were you mid? Were you telling one of the oh, little stories? Prob- yes, <laughs> I was. I was thinking. Well, you know, obviously, I, I get extra time as a celebrity. I was thinking, <laughs> and uh, I forgot that it's one of the last. Um, True democracies is the Roman Catholic. <laughs> How irritating for you! It is, um, and so now I'm um, I've joined the Scientologists, where I find <laughs> the celebrities get a Very proper welcome. full respect. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. I'd like to apologise to zero zero two, who's got in touch, and uh, I've accidentally upset. Um, they text in, I had a pair of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar basketball boots stolen circa 1985. You've just oh. opened up an old wound. Oh. Martin the Frog Lover, they call themselves. OK. Well, we won't go into that. I'd um, like to. I uh, like to know what that's about. I, um, I, I didn't realise he was at a level where he um, had um, his own boots... Signature boots. Was he? A, was oh, he's he, one of the first. I don't know much them. about. I'm no Michael Jordan, and that's about. It. I met a famous um, basketball player um, whilst visiting Bette Midler backstage at um, Las Vegas. Which was a true story with the popular broadcaster Adrian Childs. Um, wow. Yeah. People were queuing up. You could pay to um, to meet a meet and greet with her, and there were people in the queue. And then a very very tall man. Um, what? Who would he have been then? Very famous, but not Michael Jordan. <laughs> you ab, could have done that. Was he an Abdul? Ab, yeah, I think he had an Arabic name rather than an, you know. Okay, this is good radio. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, come on. Anyway, he was there, so we we met him. He was extremely tall. They are. Yeah. Well, I've uh, had an encounter with Shaquille O'Neal, as you know. I wonder if it could have been Shaquille O'Neal. I can't remember what your encounter was. Was he... um, Not all coffee. Was he a bit fresh? (laughs) Well, it could have gone... I think I may have told you. um, I got an invitation to uh, continue the party. 
And oh. I, I believe the Hollywood phrase, Hollywood publicist phrase... Do you know Jeremy phrase, Corbyn sent exactly that sort of invitation <laughs> to me? Well, wait, you know what I did? I did what Hollywood publicists do. I graciously declined. OK. OK. And I've regretted it all my life. Have you really? Yes. Oh. What a story. Come on. It could have been a, yeah, slam dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway. Well, that's enough rhyming slang. So we, um, <laughs> what else have we had? Well, I've got a couple of things I'd like to share with you. Firstly, uh, but with our loyal email correspondents yes. must get some, uh, must get their airtime. Of course. Mrs H from Devon has been in touch. Morning, gang. I've been listening to old show podcasts and I heard Frank talking about interviewing Bruce Forsyth and cutting out a joke that from a broadcast. That is show that I talked about. That. Yes, okay. I, we, we had to cut out a joke for technical reasons. He said if someone did this to him, he'd put excrement through their door. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wondered... What he did to the controller of ITV when Shane 2 wasn't broadcast. Yes. Much love, praise redacted Mrs H. Well, um, I didn't really blame the controller. I blamed people who were nearer the project. And I could see <laughs> that their careers were already spiralling downward, so I didn't even need to dirty my hands. We, uh, anyway. We've also had Hannah has got in touch. Who? Re Hannah. Okay. Hannah Whittingham, who says, Oh, hello, she's one of our regulars. We know Hannah. I was briefly a backing singer for Sir Elton. And oh, that's a nice little thing to drop in conversation, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if we want to leave people in suspense because we have got to go to... Uh, we have got a news obligation soon. I'm trying to think <coughs> of uh, what are the big um, backing singer... Do they come in and go, Rocket Man? <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> Do they, do they do that, or have I just invented that chorus, <laughs> that ro Rocket Man chorus? Well, they'll forever be one now you sung that. I can't, I, no backing vocals really spring to mind in Elton John's stuff. Well, he's, I, a bit, he's a bit me <laughs> to be having <laughs> backing vocals. John, me, a bit me. <laughs> well, I've seen him live a couple of times, and I don't, think, I don't recall backing vocals. But anyway, we have more of this after the break. I'm, I'm certainly intrigued. <laughs> Rocket Man! <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Anyway, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio <laughs> with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Now then... We left our readers... I don't know if you can still say now then in British <laughs> entertainment, but we'll let it pass. Oh, dear. <laughs> we left our readers on uh, tenterhooks... Yeah. ..with an Elton John's diction missive from Hannah Whittingham, who's one of our lovely regulars. I was briefly a backing singer for Sir Elton. On tenterhooks, by the way, he's an, I believe he's an old weaving... Correct. Term that when the garment was was made wet and then stretched, they were put on uh, tenter hooks. Oh, I love your loom anecdotes. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching um, Medieval Monastery Farm. I think it's called, or something <laughs> like that. Is this a Tudor Tudor um, uh, Monastery Farm? Yeah, it's very uh, mm. interesting. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I was briefly a backing singer for Sir Elton and it was an ongoing suspenseful surprise which consonant he would use to start his words. Oh. To the oh. point we would rehearse in several different versions. His preference for some time was for still standing. <laughs> OK. I wonder whether S's just became too troublesome so he decided to drop them altogether. Praise redacted from Hannah. It is because obviously they mess about with the vowels, singers. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, to get to make the, make the voice sound sweet, but consonants. I'm tiltanding. <laughs> um, is that easier to say than still standing, or is it just variation? <laughs> is he thinking I've done this song a million times? What if I just leave a few letters out, and then I know I haven't done the whole song, so I feel a bit easier with myself. <laughs> Is there a possibility he had perhaps a mouth ulcer on the tip of his tongue 
and S was troublesome and T was fine, so tilt handing was okay, but... <laughs> well, we'd have to see the rest of his work that yes. night. Mm. And uh, right. and see uh, what else happened. I mean, I, I, there must be other ST beginning. Um, well, don't do this as a text, and it'll be a bit tedious. <laughs> We've also had in from the man with no name. Uh, one of my exciting though to be Elton John's backing oh, singer. Fabulous. Yes. And one of those. I'm imagining one of those women in uh, like all in black mm. standing. Oh, up there was what. Still standing. standing often, often not men in those uh, lineups of three at the microphone. Nearly always women, I find. Whereas yeah. Elvis had got he'd got the sweet inspiration female, and then he had JD somewhere in the stamps doing some of the <laughs> other notes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the man with no name has also tweeted us. Okay. To uh, in reference to the credit as and as himself, or just interesting credits. Mm. And he's pointed out one of my favourites I'd forgotten in Airplane 2. It says under... Uh, it says gaffer in brackets, what's a gaffer? Larry Gilhooley. <laughs> then it says best boy, Frank McCain. Worst boy, Adolf Hitler. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> wow. I, um, I, um, I, I also like um, Voice of the Ring, Alan Howard. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. Uh, the one who goes in uh, in uh, Lord of the Rings. I like that. Oh, I saw Alan Howard's Richard the Third at Stratford many years ago. But absolutely marvellous. Frank, it's interesting you should mention Lord of the Rings because have you been reading about Orlando? Oh Lou? yes, I have. With Al, some, have you uh, seen this? With some gusto, <laughs> I yes, might say. Yes, I One of the things I like best in, in the celebrity world is when someone's filters completely fail them and everything <laughs> comes out. Things that where, where a publicist would be saying, well, I wouldn't mention that, darling, in the interview. All just comes flowing out. That's so <laughs> exhilarating. I imagine that'll happen to me as I move into my dotage. And yes. things will just start flowing forth. Well, he's he's gone viral this week, hasn't he, boys? He sure has. He sure has. Describing his American lifestyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I wonder if we should... I know it's not much of a teaser, although... Mm. Perhaps we could... Orlando Jonathan Blanchard Copeland Bloom's lifestyle. Yes. Is that his full handle? Yes. Wow. He's from, he's from Kent, isn't he? I believe so. Yes, because one of the things he said that he's banned tracksuit trousers around the house. And <laughs> coming from Kent, that must make him some sort of trailblazer. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We are um, mid bloom, I think <laughs> it's fair to say. Full, full bloom. Yeah. So he was doing the popular Sunday Times interview slot. Okay. Life in the day. Oh, okay, yeah. I know it. You do. They put a twist on it, you see. Not uh, day in the life, life in the day. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And yeah. he starts his day at 6.30am and then he said, "This things got strange sentence too. Because not yeah. only this, uh, when you read that, you know, like you've probably done it, Frank. I wake up at nine, have a shower. Orlando said, I, said, I wake up at 6.30am and monitor my readiness. Yeah. yeah. And you think, here we go. Yeah, but he's got a special kind of alarm, which I didn't really understand, which I think... It's, uh, it's like a ring that people wear that tells them how much quality <laughs> sleep they have. <laughs> exactly. Time to get up. Is it like that? I Alan Howard exactly still like work. That. I think he's dead now. God bless him. <laughs> the, well, it is interesting that... Uh, he needs to move on from that Lord of the Rings. I know he did well out of it, but... Yeah, so how does it, how does it work, it's... Al? It, it responds to your rhythms. Mm. Yeah, and I think it tells you sort of what level of recuperative sleep you've had and how recovered you are and all that sort of stuff. And oh. The bit that was missing in, in Orlando's article for me was that he didn't... He didn't say what he did in response to finding out the resi readiness <laughs> for the day. Like, if it says... You're not ready for the day. Does he go back to bed? Yes. That's what oh, I wanted to know. Oh, I see. Well, now we're back into... I remember on the show we went for a period discussing the second sleep yes. theory. 
of yes. waking up and doing a lot of stuff in the night. And yeah. then, uh, I don't mean, uh, when I say a lot of stuff, I don't mean class A drugs. I mean work around the house. And then going yeah. back to sleep's a lovely idea. The Well, the smart ring itself, I believe... I don't know if he's got the aura ring. That's the it's one they all have. It's quite funny that he's got the smart <laughs> ring when he was in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Come on, mate. Turn a page. He should have his own brand, shouldn't he? Called something like Snored of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> does he ever shout if Katy Perry's cleaning it, give me back that ring? I, I hope he does. Oh, and I hope not. <laughs> so, My uh, precious. Yeah. Oh, no, Katy Perry naked on the wardrobe. <laughs> My precious, get off, <laughs> get off. He, the aura ring. Well, the, that's the one that Prince Harry has, and I believe the founder of Twitter, Jack oh, Dorsey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They all have the aura. It's very fashionable. And that, and that, and that does that thing. Uh, yes, it I've does. Never, I have to say, this is completely new to me. Well, it tracks, doesn't it, Al? It's your. It tells you yeah. essentially if you're getting enough sleep and it's your activity level. Your REMs and, and all, all that. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How rested you are. Okay, what so I do oh, is we we have a clock across from our bed. Oh yeah. And if I wake up and I look at that and it says five a.m. and I've already checked it like fourteen times, I just I do some mental arithmetic and I think I've not had good rest tonight. No. And. And if it's seven o'clock and I don't remember anything since going to sleep, I think that was good rest. That's my system. Well, of course, the clocks go back tonight. That's going to throw Orlando's uh, system into disarray, isn't it? Mm. I mean, does yeah. the ring pick up on that kind of uh, extraneous information? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like... it, it doesn't recognise probably the human time designations. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get one. And if anyone's listening who makes them, don't send me one. Otherwise, I'll just leave it um, yeah. on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. On the road? You know, I mean, like on a pavement. <laughs> I wouldn't put it somewhere it'd be driven over. Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio. I've been corrected. Let me find my... Uh, my um, jingle for being corrected. Okay, um, let's find it. Correctione, correctione, ole, ole, ole. Very profound. I mean, it really sounds like a football crowd singing correctione. Mm. You've you've been corrected by many people, but oh, so many. Ah, no. We'll we'll just pick three, two, seven. Who actually said correctione, Frank? The clocks go forward, not back. Spring forward, fall back. You'll. You will be two hours behind everyone tomorrow if you put them back tonight. Yes, but I don't like spring forward, fall back, because fall is not a term that I use for autumn. Why, Frank? Because it's It's, very... What is it? What is it, Em? It's an Americanism. It is, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, you're quite right. I got it wrong. The clocks go forward tonight. We've had so much correspondence about that. You'll be two hours behind everyone tomorrow if you put them back tonight. Imagine if you just decided to live your life two hours behind. Like when, I think when they uh, regularised the railway system in England, they found out that the clock in Yeovil was something like 18 minutes faster than the rest of the country. (laughs) And for many months, the Yeovil uh, people refused to change it. So the train thing got very complicated if you were going via Yeovil. I think in the end, as we all do, they had to. They gave in. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so an hour's less sleep is the theory. If you're listening, Orlando. <laughs> By the way, five eight seven. Have you seen this out? Hi Frank. Colombo Defo had a glass eye. <laughs> Another text I never thought I'd receive. Oh yes. In one of the episodes, someone offered to help him look for something, and he replied. Thanks. Three eyes are better than one. Oh, very good. That's from Big John. No, it could Durham. be. It could be a bit meta, Colombo, mm-hmm. because when Patrick McGowan was the bad guy, a woman I remember took his photograph and said, "If you want to come and buy this photograph, this is my business card." And he went, "Okay, be seeing you," which was from the prisoner. So oh. it was oh, it was a show with a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So what Orlando does first thing once he's gone up, he says that um, he has a young child. He does a bit of eye gazing. 
with the yeah. child. Well, not is, Columbo style. It's one of the. <laughs> Did he give it to her to hold? Yeah. <laughs> but eye gazing, I'd say, is one of the more orthodox forms of gazing. Well, you two remember oh, to have yeah. children, unlike me. What do, is eye gazing a thing with your children? That question first to Alan Cochrane in Manchester. Um, well, I think it's a thing, but it's not commonly called eye gazing. What, does, unless... what is it, Al? Is it just staring into your child's yeah. eyes? It's, yeah, it's just looking at your kids, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't reduce that to eye gazing. Well, yeah, it? but. I mean, here's the big question. This is what I would call the $6 million question of the Orlando Bloom interview, is how much or little of it is he pulling our leg? How much of it is tongue-in-cheek? Is it parody? Oh. I don't... Um, you think he's got a twist on it? I don't get that. I mean, you might be right. I The eye gaze, and I can imagine he does get up and look at his beautiful child, but he's just, he's you know, he's, he's, he's gone into the jargon. I mean, I get up, my son reads the Beano at the breakfast table, and mm. you can say to him, so, Boz, are you the king of Nicaragua? And he'll say, <laughs> yeah, and just continue <laughs> reading the Beano. You could get anything. Um, so it's nice when they're young enough to stare at, but I think, hasn't he just gone into... Jargon rather than making it up. I, I'm, I'm asking, is he clever enough to make it up? I suppose is what I'm ultimately stripping this question down to. <laughs> I think possibly if you get given uh, a role in Lord of the Rings two days after you leave drama school, it is that what happened? Can be hard to stay in touch with reality. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But I, I like I say, what I like is he's saying this is me. He said after I've become a <laughs> this laughing, is me. I've become <laughs> a laughing lady. stock or something like that. He said after, <laughs> which um, I don't think he'd say if he'd made it up, would he? Oh, oh you've, you've, what you've done now is you've, <laughs> you, you've. This is the Richard Iowardi <laughs> approach. Question everything. <laughs> <laughs> the whole house of cards has fallen down. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Um, oh, meanwhile... We're on, we're on Blue Mo. Yeah. We're on Blue Mo. Uh, Blue Mo says... The first, after he's done his eye-gazing and rejected the tracksuit, he then does Buddhist practice because that's infiltrated his whole being. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then... He wouldn't joke about that, would he? I don't think. No, I think he does do it. He then says he... I bet he never says YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Which is odd, because he seems like a YOLO kind of a guy, apart from from that. And who was the the worst person I chose to ever say that to, Frank? Do you remember? On a plane I sat next to him? Was it the Dalai Lama? No, it was (laughs) near close. The High Commissioner of Sri Lanka. And oh, I said, have a peanut. And I offered him a cashew nut. I said, do you want one? He said, not really. So firstly, I like not really. Yeah. Wasn't it yes or no? It was a not really. <laughs> I think you should have pressed him on that. What do you mean? Well, not I'll tell you really. what I did. I said, come on, YOLO. And then I described him what the phrase was. In case he was an elderly gentleman, the High Commissioner of Sri Lanka, he was unaware. And he said, actually, in our part of the world, we believe in reincarnation, Emily. And then he buried himself in his BA Life magazine. Oh. Okay. Oh, nice. That's a good day. I was um, party to a conversation once. There was three or four of us. And one, one of the guys said, uh, have you ever been for a walk in a pine forest first thing in the morning? And this other guy said, not really. <laughs> and, he said, and he said, what do you mean? What do you mean, not really? And we, we, we really push this guy. Do you mean you've done it slightly later in the day or you've been around the, the perimeters of a pine forest? So uh, not really. Um, yeah, you've got to get that right, I think. But Orlando says he likes to earn his breakfast. Yeah. So he has, he has a juice, Al, doesn't he? He goes for a green powder and um, some collagen for his hair and nails, I think it was. Oh, wow. Oh. OK. He and looks lovely, that. Brain... He does. What about uh, this, Al? Brain octane oil. Yeah. Uh, you come across I've that? I've forgotten that. I thought I some of your friends... I think call that coffee, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> coffee. What's your coffee quote from... Uh... Wonderful coffee, meal in itself. <laughs> <laughs> What's it from? The, 
I think it's from Death of a Salesman. Oh, okay, fabulous. We don't, might even be the opening line. Oh, is it? We don't we don't get much of Al's acting on the show, but when it happens, it's um, scintillating. It's marvelous. <laughs> Thank you. What's your favourite coffee quote? <laughs> Mine is Garfield. Mmm, need coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine is Agent Cooper in Twin Peaks. How do you like your coffee, Agent Cooper? Black as midnight on a moonless night is what oh, he says. Lovely. See, I sometimes say things like that to waitresses, and I just get hmm. <laughs> mm. I was on a train once and I said to this um, to this woman with the trolley can I have a plastic glass please and she said yeah okay and I said of course there is no such thing as a plastic glass and the look she gave me was oh. like <laughs> I mean it was awful mm. and I, I wanted to explain why I'd said it but I could tell that would, that would go mm. I mean don't employ people working with the public if they're going to have that sort of attitude <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. Can I just uh, take us back for a, a brief hot tub dip into uh, amusing or pleasing credits? Oh, yes. This is from Pablo Bonzo, who's uh, one of our regulars on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's pointed out that if anyone remembers, I can't remember, Al, if it was 70s or 80s, but the, the show Threads, it was kind of a BBC, it was sort of horror-y. So BBC, BBC does horror. Horror-y, I, I like the horror-y. word. Yeah. BBC mm. does horror. Uh, and there were some crackers, as Pablo points out, on there. We had Man Who Has Leg Amputated, Michael Shale, <laughs> uncredited. Uh, boy wearing parker running in shopping centre <laughs> uncredited <laughs> and then finally Jonathan Harston survivor on the moors oh good <laughs> I like those didn't we have someone had a a, a Lily the Pink fact that came did. in Lily did. the Pink in case you don't know was a, a hit single from I guess it was the 60s late 60s by a group called The Scaffold Yes. Who uh, comprised um, the poet Roger McGough, Paul McCartney's brother Mike McGee, and John Gorman, the Tiswas regular. (laughs) Someone has suggested... We're talking about about the backing vocalist of Elton John at one point on the show. And Daydreamer has said Elton John himself was a backing singer on Lily the Pink by The Scaffold. Tim Rice sang alongside Elton as part of The Scaffold's backing group. I don't know why I know this. This is very much your era, Frank. Is this what's your Well, I've never heard that, but I do love those those musical facts about someone who played on a track who you wouldn't expect. I mm. heard... Bob Holness and Baker Street? No, but so well, was it Bob Holness? It wasn't. He... No, I think that's it. It's separating yeah. the urban myths from the real because I I was told that Rod Stewart played harmonica on Millie's My Boy Lollipop. And oh. I don't know if that's true. Um, I do believe that Iggy Pop and um, David Bowie did the backing vocals on Lou Reed's Satellite of Love, the bits that go, bum, bum, bum. Satellite of love. Bum, bum, bum. Satellite of love. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And I think... Um, oh, we won't go on and on about it. I, I don't get much chance to talk about music on this uh, music station because... We haven't uh, got time. No. But I would... Uh, I think Lou Reed played lead guitar on something you wouldn't expect, like Leader of the Pack, but that might well be again. Oh, don't, you know, I don't have nightmares, kids. You know he gives me nightmares. Oh, Lou Reed, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I told you that Transformers love, terrified me when I was a I child. I love Lou Reed. If I could be anything in the world that flew. Yes. Um, Lou Reed, no longer with us. I always love his wife, actually, as well. I've seen her live a couple of times. Oh, man, that's the music out the way. You can uh, come back from the toilet. Frank Skinner. Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. Frank on the radio email the show via the Absolute Radio website mm. gave it a bit more then I was happier with it it had a, it had a sort of archers feel to it some pauses and things 
Mm. I'd, uh, I'd like to bring some technology news to your attention. Oh, good. Um, a, a curry house in Glasgow, uh, where I was born, is... Um, no, I wasn't born in the curry house before we get, <laughs> before we get any smart Alex. Handbag, old you know? I was born in Glasgow. But anyway, uh, Shish Mahal, a restaurant in Glasgow, has teamed up with a drone pilot, John Crawford, to try out delivery by drone for, wow. a, for, for curry takeaways. That is... I mean, that oh, now makes me feel on. like I'm living in the 21st century. <laughs> Although, yeah, but you watched Captain Scarlet and thought that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Shish Mahal guys, that is apparently they invented the chicken tikka masala. Wow. I thought that was in Birmingham. Somebody told me. No, it's um, oh. Asif Ali. I know a lot about them. He misled. claims his dad invented it back in 1971. I, I wonder if it's a disputed thing, the chicken tikka masala. Um, do you remember when I was on a walking holiday once and I pa passed a blue plaque mm. outside a, a bakery that said it had invented <coughs> the banoffee pie? Do you remember that? Oh, yum. Well, Asif Ali told the hairy bikers this and I always think they're immaculate sources. Yes. Well, they make not, immaculate sources. <laughs> if not immaculate yeah. to look at. No, well, that's, <laughs> that's sort of their thing. I always worry there'll be hair in the food. <laughs> but never mind... Oh, I must confess, I gave my wife a cup of tea yesterday and she said, look at that, and one of my beard hairs was just oh, perched on the corner of the know, mug. It's I'm like not kidding. Henry VIII. It's one of my worst yeah. things. I'd rather find a dead vole in food <laughs> than a hair. If I have hair in food, that really does finish me Can you off. eat on it wasn't, afterwards? It wasn't that no, big a mug with, to fit a dead vole in. So. I can eat on with great difficulty. And when you pick it up and there's like a soap on a rope, bits of food connected to the hair twists. Disgusting. You see, I can't, the fact that you say I can eat on with great difficulty, mm. I couldn't eat on. OK. Anyway, uh, let, let, we're not suggesting for one second that this no. restaurant would, would get anything it's, like It's that. regularly, it, it's very high on uh, TripAdvisor. There was a tremendous quote from... Um, Asif Ali. From, was, it, was it from Asif Ali himself, who said that we've we decided... As himself, Asif Ali. He said um, that the best way... He said that we've decided the fastest way to, follow, uh, to deliver food is as the crow flies. <laughs> yes. Which is not a revolutionary... But I thought maybe you could call it a crowbot. And, oh, that's good. Yeah, and they could have the drone. If they had the drone dressed as crows, so they were actually delivered by crow yes. as the crow fly de deliveries. Yes. I also wonder if you could call it Asian. Oh, oh nice. The, the, the service. You can, have, you can have that, I see, if you're listening. What about Al? This John Crawford. Can I ask a question? Sure. As the crow flies. It's sort of... <laughs> Suggestion there that other birds don't fly in a straight line. What are other birds doing? They're following the road system. What about the raven? I mean, what I about these other ones? Some do zigzag. Some must zigzag. When you see a bird of prey hovering in the sky, is it, is it at a red light? Some way below. You're so right. Why does the crow, Why is the crow sit yeah. in the direct root chair? Yeah, exactly. What is it about crows that, that they get um, all the credit for being direct? If anyone who has access to crow information, like Ronnie Wood, for example... Yeah, Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> um, she'd be all right. Um, he'd be all right, sorry. <laughs> Um, Wurzel Gommage. Wurzel Gommage isn't... I mean, obviously, he, he's hostile to crows, but a close friend of the crow man. Who, Who? played the crow man? Bilotti. No, it was no, a Wilfred. It was a Wilfred just... of some sort. Was it? Yeah. 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 It was a cat weasel man. Oh, Geoffrey Bailden. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did... Uh, he was in Doctor Who, I remember. As, uh... We've gone a long way from a Glasgow curry house. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we have. I wonder if Asif ever says that to his family when he's sitting enjoying yeah. a meal in the... Hey, we've gone a long way. Yeah. <laughs> um, the drones will be saying... I think it's a brilliant idea. I read. I would love... I would love a takeaway to arrive by drone. I mean, God, come on. Frank Skinner. 
Absolute Radio. So how stomach go then? That was mine. Applaud. I should explain that um, yeah. when Emily worked in the fashion industry, you, why don't yeah. you tell the story? Uh, well, I like that. It was rather like when you're in a, a couple. They say, no, 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 you tell it. Well, you I don't want to take the credit for your oh, story. Oh, you are sweet, darling. Well, You've had enough of that from men. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was at InStyle magazine, and yes, they would, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to say mm. they would sometimes uh, applaud if someone's uh, stomach rumpled. Yes, it's awful, but Yes, funny. and a birthday, yes. Anyway. Like so many awful things. Yes, this is true. Uh, John Crawford is described as a drone pilot. Discuss. Oh, yes. Mm. Well, I, mean, it may, I mean, obviously... Where do you get your training, Lego? Well... <laughs> Well, let's find out, because our producer bought her boyfriend a drone for his birthday. Have you ever heard? I still think of a drone as a, an, you know, a thing that's, that's only run, owned by television companies or special Well, I'm people. confused, because I thought she bought him a Scalextrix or whatever it's called. Yes, well, um, mm, I remember... That, that commercially available now. Yeah, Katie Price told me that she had one to scour the surroundings <laughs> of her house to see if there were paparazzi outside. Uh-huh. And if, oh, the, yeah. if there weren't any, she stayed in. Okay. <laughs> so go on, what were you going to say so the producer can give us intel on this? Well, she, um, she was just showing me that they just go out and take... Like, you know, you might go oh. out and take snapshots... She's got, like, hovering um, as the crow flies shots of a local lake mm-hmm. and things like nice. that. I'm a sort of rat, a paparazzi. I'd be worried that, about, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm of a generation where one's first thought is nudist <laughs> camp when somebody <laughs> says that. Now, I don't even oh. know if nudist camp camps. still exists. No, it doesn't. But that's, it was, it's a very two Ronnies thing. There's a hole being blown in the nudist camp wall. Police are looking into it. You know, it's yes. that, very much that. <laughs> Can I say, tell you George what? Formby sang quite a bit about nudist camps. Of course he did. See, my worry was about um, pylons, overhead pylons and wires for the drones. I thought you meant those pylons we used to have in the playground when oh. about 20 kids all piled on top of each other. You think you think they happen at nudist camps? Oh, oh, I oh, hope, oh sickening. I, hope not. I really hope Absolutely not. Absolutely. I'm sure there are people there who would like them to happen. I'm sure. It's still in the R&D phase. What is yeah. that? Research and development. Oh, so no one's... You see, I had a, a friend. Oh, there were some um, flats near near me that were um, they were named after uh, literary figures as Byron House Chaucer House for example mm. and a friend of mine Dan Brown Towers yeah, no? they, they hadn't got that far <laughs> yet but they were and this guy was walking past I think it was Chaucer and he was hit <laughs> you were he was hit by uh, a takeaway that someone had just half eaten and then thrown off the balcony and um, he said he was covered in stuff, but he said the the bacophile tray was on the floor, and he could see the shape of his head in it, where it had landed on his head. <laughs> so that is the danger, isn't it? That they will drop from the sky. And also, if it was a bag of, you know, a whole bag of takeaway can can be quite heavy. Well, Al, it says it's a thirty-minute perimeter. What if you're right on the border? Because it says it has thirty yeah. minutes life. Yeah. The drone battery, so uh, all the charge. Well, you get a free drone with your takeaway. But what if it's yeah. delayed by a crow, or it's trying to divert, and then it just drops? Well, at least if it's delayed by a crow, at least into you know, a neighbour's garden. One can predict which direction a crow is going to go in if you <laughs> see one approaching you. <laughs> You're the one who needs to deviate because that crow, he ain't going to move. <laughs> <laughs> no way, Jose. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've uh, we've had various answers to our uh, drone musings. We were discussing uh, the drone deliveries of food, and four four two, who I'm I'm guessing is a football fan. Yeah. Um, mm. Has 
has texted, Frank, Kate Bush is a drone enthusiast. Is she? She's always out with one at hovering heights. Is oh, that... no. Oh, no. Oh, have I been suckered in by a joke? Well, I thought it's a Wuthering Heights, but maybe... Uh... No, it is a joke, isn't it? Because of Wuthering Heights. She's an unlikely yeah. drone enthusiast as well. I think she gets excited about things like Hayricks. Oh, we did do uh, a, likes... unlikely celebrity pilots. Maybe we should do unlikely celebrity <laughs> drone enthusiasts. Yeah, Kate, Kate Bush drone enthusiast. You never know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not writing it off completely. We've had no. some crow news. Oh, in. I'd like some crow news from Baubles. Oh, yeah. Bauble sounds like a lovely friend for me. Enchanté. The crow was Bobbles. often used. Right, shine. So this is back in. No, I like this as my sound bed. Bobbles. By ancient Bangles. mariners as a way right, to shine. find land Bangles. if they were lost at sea. That's where the saying comes from. They released them, and the way they flew was the shortest route to land. That's good. And that was crows specifically. You'd think seagulls yeah. would be more to hand, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. but they're an unpredictable. They're the yobos. They're the yobos they, uh, of the avian world. If they saw someone eating chips off uh, off the, the trap, they would go. They seagulls would, steal yeah, your lunch money. Crows, they, they, well, crows wear a cloak and they guide you like a friendly goth. Now, oh, I hate okay. to be the fly in the ointment on this drone thing. I think it's a good idea. I like the innovation attempt... But I do think there is going to be, a, you know, there's going to be a flaw and eventually real life is going to sink in and we're going to end up with the drone failing and it being replaced with a bloke delivering the curry. You know, like when you get a train ticket and it's a bus replacement oh, service. Yeah. That oh, would be yeah. so yeah. really my like point. You're so going right to think out. your curry's arriving by drone and then it's a bloke in a Nissan Micro or somebody on foot. Yeah. And you think, oh, we've, we've innovated our or, way out of Kate, all this. Kate Bush with a drone relief <laughs> service that she offers. Yeah. No, that would... Because if I would be so excited... Imagine standing in your garden, searching the sky mm. for your takeaway. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah. Also, can we just say, boys, with this prototype, he did... Um, Asif Ali only tested it out with a plastic bag with cardboard inside. Right. Yeah. Now that's fine, but how? I'm worried about the weight, Al. You, yeah, Aladdin. You seem to know about, about how science. Long it takes. No, I'm worried about whether the drone is going to be able to cope with ten Peshwari naan, six Diet Cokes. It doesn't Luke. have to be one drone, does it? I mean, if you if you have a really have 50 big order, drones in the sky. Imagine all. Desert Storm. I'd say yeah. Can I have uh, fifteen chicken tikkas, eight uh, sagalus, uh, and uh, yeah, and do all the thing. Yes, uh, salty lassie. And can can they do geese? Uh, v formation. <laughs> your neighbour. Your We've got a few people around, you know. We just thought it'd be nice. Yeah, I'm. Uh, they get a, it'd be like the red arrows in the end, wouldn't it? Can you imagine David Badillo sitting there hearing, oh, Frank's order to take away again? I hope they use aviation. I t- the the uh, Indian restaurant, I've known a few. There was one in a, there's a area of Birmingham called Shirley. And there was an, an Indian restaurant there called the Shirley Temple, which uh, oh, was, was, was very ex- And there's also a place called the Chat Room, C H A T. You know, it's an Indian food. Oh, that's good. So yeah, not scared of a pony, uh, Indian restaurants. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think um, drone Indian. So, if anyone's got any ideas for a, a drone. Mm. Indian takeaway delivery service name. Do send them in and we'll pass them on to Asif. Mm. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. So this, there was another, this was another uh, story, wasn't it, that some, uh, was it an American university that was doing robot food deliveries? It was the George Mason University, GMU, Oh, we used to have George Mason Fizzy Pop when I was a kid. I don't oh, think it's you? probably not the same organisation. Oh, maybe it was from the lab at the George Mason. Oh, well, you. possible. Oh, working in the lab late one <laughs> day at the George Mason. But they delivered with um, bots, which is safer, you would think. Do you remember Yo Bots? Uh, oh, 
No. What was Yobots? Yobots were robots in Yo Sushi that used to have drinks <laughs> on them. And they would travel around. Do you remember them, Al? I, I remember your sushi. That was what I was remembering. <laughs> they were a bit like... Well, um, when you're saying, do you remember, like it was 1962, uh, yes. does it still exist, your sushi? Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah. OK. okay. Oh, I hope oh, don't say that. But I said, I remember a, your sushi. Now there'll be like a rush saying, on, I remember their, spangles. on their shares. And that'll be... Uh, <laughs> Bad news. So, yeah. yeah, I used to love that, though, just having a robot. It was a bit like... Um, you've seen these robot lawnmowers that people have that... In America? No, I've seen them in... Uh, there was one next door. Um, I was living in a flat, and someone next door used to just put them out on their lawn, and they'd do the lawn, just leave them on their own. Oh, mm. that's good. It is. It, it's Forest Green um, Rovers. Mm-hmm. Is it Rovers? Forest Green, the uh, Division uh, 2 football team. Do you know them? I think they're based in Nailsworth okay. in Gloucestershire. They are a sort of vegan football club. Mm. And they oh. have... Uh, their pitch is kept... Uh, the, the grass is cut by um, robots that are, have solar panels... And they cut the ground. The whole place is, you can't get any, uh, can't buy meat at the ground, stuff like that. I think the lines on the pitch are done with hummus. That's good. The, yeah, the whole place, though, is, it's a very interesting uh, idea. So it's, it's a similar thing. Pizza's delivered by robots, I'm, I, I worry about, because that's going to... There's a time-honoured adult movie um, convention... <laughs> of the pizza delivery person and that's going to be destroyed forever yeah. and, and I think one has to hold on to some of the old traditions mm. I mean with the uh, the snack run robot mm. which is you know that's the the priority for the student population let's be honest about this yeah. although increasingly less so these days they cook whole meals and things students these days and they and they don't just do tuna pasta bake they do all sorts do they? I don't know any students anymore. Oh, do you not? Oh, God, they no. whip up hollandaise sauce, you know, avocado brunches, don't they, Al? I, I didn't know that. No. <laughs> OK. It's, it's a long way from a pot noodle, that's all I'm saying. It's a long well, way you... from a pot noodle, it would be a good catchphrase. The idea behind this is that you obviously you get snacks, so you get your skinny, flat, white or whatever, you know, within half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And you get your pizzas. Now, I have... I don't think this will make me very popular with students, but I was never popular with students, even when I was a student, so I don't mind. I do feel I have a view about this. A little bit controversial. Things like takeaway coffees and pizzas. I don't know. I think you have to look forward to joining the workforce to pay for those things. I think it's a luxury. We didn't have takeaway coffees, Frank. Really? Yeah, we didn't, did we? No, but I don't think that... When I was a student, I don't think you could get takeaway anything. Um, if, if, think the Flintstones, if you're thinking about my student days. I would have taken a takeaway coffee if there was such a thing, but I don't know. They'd have been worried that only having pot to put the coffee in, um, that it might, have, uh, it might have fallen off the back of the uh, whatever creature was carrying you. <laughs> Um, I think it's a tremendous idea because it means if you're in the middle of absolutely focused on an essay, you don't even have to look up. You just press the button and then a robot turns up with a uh, Four Seasons <laughs> at your door. And uh, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. This is Frank Oh, so, um, he... I, I did all this robot, though, and drone stuff, every... I've read many, many um, books, seen many, many films about robots, and a regular... You do surprise me. A regular <laughs> trope is that they turn on their creators. In do the, they always yeah, do like that, that, the robot? Often. Oh, yeah, but it's going to go, you know, it is going to go wrong eventually. Mm. Someone told me that the most likely... Um, invading force to come to Earth would be robots because distance oh. wouldn't be an issue then. You wouldn't need air and food and all that for them. They can just... Uh, they're very... Uh, they're hardy. So something to look forward to here on uh, Absolute Radio, robot invasion. 
<laughs> my I don't mind if they bring about, pizza. <laughs> my, my concerns were all about me ordering food and somebody else just lifting it off the device as it was driving to my room. Now, that is another thing, actually. I hadn't thought of that. At least with the drone, it's yeah, unless, it's unless seagulls pluck it out of the sky. It's out of sight, out but of mind. But this George Mason one, I believe... It seemed, the only things I read that it delivered were Dunkin' Donuts um, and or let's say any donut company, just uh, and mm-hmm. uh, any pizza or coffee place where you buy coffee. Um, but I do like a bit of tech, like you know when you go to McDonald's now and you don't have to talk to the man. Mm. There's just a screen, <laughs> and you can. Do you know what I mean? Now I don't really want to talk to the man if I can avoid it or the lady. And you can just go to the screen and press your... I really then do feel like I'm living in the... As you know, I've always been slightly angry that I was promised hover cars and moving pavements as a child, mm. and they, were ne- they never happened. I love that you still have, you say the man, because I told you one of my favourite Be- David Beckham stories I heard from a friend of mine on a plane with him was when he said to, I believe it was a young uh, cruise... He said, you've got to behave or the man will get very angry with you and he'll come and take you <laughs> off the plane. And I love the idea that David Beckham invokes the concept of the man, the malign man. Well, it's interesting. When you're walking with a child through a narrow alley, for example, <laughs> which I do, uh, there's one on the way to my son's school, and if there's someone coming there, I'll say, I'll let this lady get <laughs> compassed. And some women... Don't look that happy about oh, it. They don't like being called the lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know what the problem is, but they look at me a bit like, you know, hey. And and, and I'm, I'm wondering it might be in the wrong things to uh, describe uh, a, a woman list. But I, it seems... I think it's probably because you're wearing a cloak and rubbing your hands with this thing, the lady. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And maybe I should wear something under the cloak in future. <laughs> it's just that it's getting quite warm now in the mornings anyway. What, what about yeah. a, a big daddy tankini? Um, I don't think I'd need that size. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, um, so I think we've covered most of the, uh, the necessary ground today. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, can I just have one of these just to cheer me up before go I go? Hey. Oh, man, I can't tell you what that does to me. It just really lifts me. Makes me so warm inside. Yeah. And outside. <laughs> OK, so um, thanks for listening. If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. I slurred that a bit, but I think I got away with it. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.